0: I don't know if you can remember the very first time that you heard the story about David and Goliath. Uh, Perhaps it was in a Bible class. Maybe you heard a preacher talk about it. Uh, Maybe you saw something on television. Maybe you saw a cartoon or a show. Uh, Maybe it was at your mother or your father's knee when they first told you about the story about Goliath and David. Uh, But here in our Bibles, we have a very amazing story. It almost seems like it's untrue unless we discovered it in God's word and we know God's word is true. The amazing story about how a young shepherd boy with no experience, with no battlefield skills was able to take down a giant of a man, a warrior, a battle proven warrior and save the day for the Israelite people. It's a stirring story, an amazing story. A story that uh, is enjoyable to read even though we have heard it many, many times. But we need to understand that here is more than just a good story. Here is more than just a powerful story. Here is more than just a historical narrative for us to learn about in the life of David. But as we look at the story of David and Goliath, we need to understand that even in this day and age, there are lessons that we can learn from this story. I invite you, if you will, to open your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, and if you want to, you can go ahead and place your marker there, because that will be uh, the text that our lesson will come from today. And obviously, we won't have time to spend uh, looking at every verse in detail, but we are going to be flowing through this particular uh, text and think about the story of David and Goliath once again. And as we look at chapter 17, we understand that the first three verses of this text kind of set the scene for what's happening here in this narrative. Uh, Verse 1 begins, says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to to battle. Uh, The Philistines were always a group of people who were a thorn in the flesh to the Israelite people. In the book of Judges and also in the book of uh, 1 and 2 Samuel, we have the Philistines always warring against Israel the Israelite people. Uh, They were a tribal group of people who uh, lived along the coast of the present-day Israel. And uh, they, of course, believed in false gods and practiced some very cruel things when it comes to other nations. And they were always at war with the Israelite people. But notice also in verse 2 that um, these armies would gather together and surround the valley of Elah. In other words, you look very closely at the text, you'll see how the Israelite armies would gather on one mountain and the uh, Philistine armies would gather on the other mountain and in the middle there was the Valley of Elah. And every morning they would get up and they would dress in full battle gear and start the morning with a war cry and then they would gather on these two mountains and shout across the valley insults all day. But they never would fight. They would never... Throw a spear, shoot an arrow, or swing a sword. They would just hurl, hurl insults back and forth. But then, as it says in verse 3, it says, And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. But finally, on verse 4, we have, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. And we go on and read about how that this man was nine feet. And six inches tall. If his body was proportioned to bodies today, that means he weighed around uh, six hundred and fifty pounds. Picture that in your mind for a minute: a man who is nine, almost nine, almost ten feet tall, nine and a half feet tall, weighing six hundred and fifty pounds. But then the text goes on and tells us in verse. Uh, five that he had armor that weighed 150 pounds. He carried a spear with him that had a, a beam. I like, uh, had a uh, 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 the wood part of it was like a weaver's beam, and the head of this spear weighed 20 pounds. And we learn further on in the text that this man was a soldier from his youth. This is quite a giant that we have in front of us, and. It goes on, at beginning in verse 8, it says, "...and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he, is, if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants." But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. Verse 10 says, and the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Verse 11 says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. What we have going on here is what's called a single combat challenge, which is something that was did long, done long ago. We don't do it much today, obviously. Or we'd have our president fighting a president of another country instead of having a war. But they would decide war sometime with just two people fighting. And so Goliath comes out, this battle-hardened warrior, nine and a half feet tall, 650 pounds, carrying a spear that had a head on it that weighed 20 pounds, an armor that weighed 150 pounds, and he says, Send me a man. Come fight me. And this giant stood before the nation of Israel and said, Is there anyone that's man enough to come and get me? Now, I think there is some valuable lessons that we can learn in this particular text. I think that there is something that is very, very important. Here we have this giant, and we go on and read further on in the text. It says that this, that this giant did this twice a day for 40 days. And so what we have recorded here is our 81st challenge. Picture this in your mind for a moment. Twice a day for 40 days, This is the 81st challenge. This giant is standing before us. Verse 11 says, When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And folks, can we blame them? It would be scary to face a nine and a half foot giant. But here's the point I want us to think about this morning. Some days, some of us, have to face even bigger giants. Have to face even bigger giants. Bigger giants today we have to face scare us even more than perhaps standing before a nine and a half foot man. Because the giants that we face in our lives today are sometimes giants that are financial giants. Sometimes they're family giants. Sometimes they're giants that come about because of our employment. Sometimes the giants come about because of health issues. Sometimes we have to deal with the giant of losing a lost loved one. We have giants in our lives. When all of a sudden something happens in our life and we have a giant of a problem looming before us. And folks, make sure we understand that what may be a giant to me may not be a giant to you, but is still a giant. And what may be a giant to you may not seem like a giant to me, but is still a giant. And so this morning, I want us to think about the giants that we have to face in our life. And I think as we look at this particular text, as we go through and look at this narrative, I think that we'll be able to find five truths to remember while fighting giants. Now, if you look at your newsletter this morning, it says seven truths to remember while fighting a giant. And that's what I originally told Jeremy when he was preparing the newsletter, but As I started working on the lesson more and more, I decided I needed to condense my points or else we'll be here till 3 o'clock or so. Uh, So we dropped it from 7 to 5, but all the seven truths are in there. We just kind of condensed them so uh, we wouldn't take up all your time uh, this morning. But I want us to think about five truths that we find in the text to remember while we're fighting giants. And the very first one I want you to remember is this. Giants will appear when you least expect them. When you least expect them. And if you look at the text that I have up there, verses 12 through 15 and 17 through 23, you see how this is brought out. I want you to notice as we start looking at the text that one of the other principles in this story, uh, David is at home watching the sheep at this particular time. And the reason why he's watching the sheep at this particular time is because of the fact that he is the youngest of the family. He's the baby boy, if you will. So he is at home taking care of business while his brothers are at the battlefield fighting the Philistines. Now the reason why David stayed at home was because of the fact he was the youngest. And being so young, evidently his father, thought that he was not old enough to go fight in these battles and therefore his father had him stay at home and take care of the household chores and that type of thing. And we're familiar with, as we go through the text, like I said, I'm not going to read all of it because we don't have time, how that David's father asked him to go visit uh, his brothers who were there camped along the valley of Elah to find out how they were doing and take them... uh, Some goody packages, if you will. Some things to eat, some things to enjoy. And so we pick up the narrative in verse 18 where it says, And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how the brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eloh, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper, and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. Now think about this for a moment. As David was heading to the valley of Elam, I'm sure the farthest thing from his mind was that he was going to fight fight a, a giant that day. He started his morning like he did any other morning. He got up and and took care of his personal needs and got dressed. And he uh, went out to check on the sheep before he left. And he began the journey. Perhaps this is a journey he had made before. His day started off like any other day. Little did he know when he woke up that morning that he was going to be meeting one of the greatest challenges of his life. Little did he know when he got up that morning that he was going to be facing one of the hugest men he had ever seen perhaps in his life. Little did he know when he woke up that morning, even though that morning started out like every other day, that he was going to be meeting a giant by the name of Goliath. And I think about that and I think about the fact that oftentimes in our lives we face some giants when we least expect them. We start our morning like every other morning, go through our routines like we go through our routines, and the day seems like every other day. But then suddenly there's a giant looming in our lives. Maybe it's because of a letter we received in the mail. Maybe it's because of a phone call we get on our cell phone. Maybe it's because we're called into our boss's office. Maybe it's because of something that a family or a friend has told us. Maybe it's sitting in a doctor's office and the doctor comes in and he says, I'm afraid we've got some bad news. I remember many years ago sitting in a doctor's office and the doctor coming in and he's telling my family, we've got some bad news and my only suggestion to you is that you pray. I don't know what else to tell you but pray. Pray. And my point in this, as David came to the battlefield that day, he didn't know he was going to meet a giant. And as we go through life, we need to understand that sometimes there's going to be a giant that appears in our lives when we least expect it. Not a physical giant like Goliath, but something even greater because of the problems of life. Suddenly, sometimes, there is a giant that looms before us. But as we look at the text... Verse 23 says, And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, and out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake unto them the same words, and David heard them. You take this verse and you think about what Goliath has said in in the previous verses. He was basically calling the people of God cowards. David heard this and realized that this is something that he couldn't ignore. There was now a giant before him. and Folks, I want you to mark this down in your minds. It may not have happened yet, but if you live life long enough, you too are going to have a giant that appears in your life, and you won't be able to ignore it because giants appear when you least expect them. But There's another truth I want you to think about this morning. Look at this truth. You can face your giants either with faith or fear. You can face your giants either with faith or fear. Beginning at verse 24, I want you to notice the contrast between the people of Israel and David and how they looked at the situation. Verse 24 says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. Verse 11 earlier said, When Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So on one side of the picture you got the Israelite people, and they were terrified. They were scared. But look at verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David couldn't believe it. David was looking around when he arrived on the scene and he faced this giant and he saw the reaction of the rest of his uh, family and saw the reaction of the rest of the Israelite people. He couldn't believe that these people had, had so much fear that they were not willing to face this giant. David had the kind of faith says, something needs to be done about this. This giant needs to be conquered. I can't believe that you're running away from this giant. And he couldn't even understand why Saul hadn't done something about that. And thus he asked the question, what will be done to this man who will, who will fight this giant? And of course, it's brought out in verse 25 that Saul made all kinds of promises, but you need to understand something here in this particular story. Of all the people of Israel, who was the man that was head and shoulders as the Bible describes him above all the men of Israel? Who was the man that was closest in height and strength and weight as Goliath? Who was the man that was the giant at that time? Of the Israelite people. It was King Saul. But King Saul also stood in fear. Instead made all kinds of promises. If somebody will go out and fight this man. I'll give you all kinds of things. But make sure that we don't miss the contrast. You can either. A giant appears in your life. And a giant will. You can either meet that giant with fear. Or you can meet that giant with faith. You can meet that giant and say, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. All is lost. All is lost. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I might as well just give up. Or we can say, Well, there's a giant in front of me. It's a big giant. It's looming over. It cast a wide shadow. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to fight this giant with faith. I'm not going to have fear. Which brings us to a third truth. And it's simply this. When facing giants, someone will be ready to discourage you. And those of you who have faced giants in the past, you know this is true. You think oftentimes when you're facing a giant in your life that, that, that people will gather around you, that they'll support you, that they'll help build you up, they'll encourage you to keep on keeping on But oftentimes, as it is with Job and his friends and even his wife, sometimes people who are your closest allies will just simply say, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just give up? Notice what happens to David in the text. David has made the decision now that he is going to face this giant head on. He is going to defeat this giant. He's going to go in with faith and beat this giant. But immediately, people start trying to discourage him, tell him not to do it. Just give up, David. Don't even try. Don't stand before this giant. Let this giant overwhelm you. His father had already discouraged him in the fact that his father thought he was too young. Stay home, David. You're too young. You're too little. You stay here and take care of the sheep. The fighting's for the men. Your brother's going to go because they're big enough and they're strong enough and they are, they, they're warriors But you stay home and play your harp and take care of the sheep. His father thought he was too young. But you look at the text and we discover that his brothers thought he was too immature. Look at verse 28. Not going to read everything in it, but notice what it says. Why comest thou down hither? And why why have you left the few sheep in the wilderness? Oh, it's all because of your pride and because you think you're better than us. For thou will come down, that thou mightest see the battle. In other words, you're too immature to be here. You don't have the right kind of heart. You don't have the right kind of, uh, of maturity to be here. You just need to go home where you belong. Go back to your sheep, David. You have no business being here. But David, as we see and we move on to verse 32, in spite of this discouragement, he goes to see, King Saul. Verse 32 says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So what does Saul do? Immediately Saul starts to discourage David. David says, I'm determined to fight this giant. And Saul says, No, wait a minute. You don't want to do that. Verse 33 says, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. A little bit later on, when Goliath is talking to David in the battlefield in verses 42 and 43, basically Goliath also tries to discourage David by telling him he is too small. He tries to tell him that he is too weak. He tries to tell him that he is too ill-equipped to be facing him on this particular occasion. And I, folks, a truth that we can learn from this as we look at the life of David and the giant he's about to face, that when you face a giant in your life, sometimes there will be family members, sometimes there will be friends, sometimes there will be people that you thought were closest to you who instead of helping you fight that giant and face that giant head on, They'll try to discourage you. They'll try to tear you down. They'll try to say, what business do you have even trying to fight this giant? You might as well just give up. But we, like David, need to be determined. We don't need to listen to those who are going to discourage us. No matter what we hear, we need to understand that when there's a giant in our lives, we need to face that giant head on. Giants appear when you least expect them. But face them with faith, and let no one take that faith away from you. Which brings us to a fourth truth. You must prepare before you fight your giants. Look once again now, beginning at verse 34. Verse 34 says, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear. And took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. The servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be one as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now what was David telling Saul? He says, I'm ready to face this giant of a man because I have been fighting little giants all my life. In other words, he says, I'm not afraid of this giant that's in front of me now because as I dealt with life's struggles, as I lived with life, I understand that there were little problems all along the way. And as those little problems came my way, I took care of them. Now we read the text and we think, well... Fighting a lion and a bear doesn't sound like a little problem, but we need to understand that that was the life of a shepherd back then. A shepherd had the choice that when danger appeared and was going to threaten the sheep, he had the choice of either fleeing or fighting. had the choice of either being a coward or protecting his sheep. It was all in a day's work. And therefore he knew because he was able to do the little things in life, Killing the bear, killing the lion. In other words, when these little problems arose in his life, he was able to handle it. He knew now that he was able to handle this giant of a problem that stood before him in the name of Goliath. And notice also behind all of this, he says in verse 37, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. In other words, David understood that as he went through life, as he went through his normal day-to-day activities, even when those little problems came up that at the time didn't seem like that big a problem, but yet they were still a problem because they were a part of his life, he knew then, as in now, that God was always with him. He knew that God was going to be with him in the little problems and therefore God was going to be with him when the giant of the problem came up. And therefore David had prepared himself by living life, by overcoming those little victories so that he knew he could win the ultimate victory. And folks, the lesson is obvious for us. When we look back at our lives, when we are facing a giant of a problem, we need to look back at our lives and realize how many times God has been with us before. Oftentimes we remember those things that we need to forget and forget those things that we need to remember. In other words, we forget about the times that God has been with us and we have overcome things and forget about the times, or remember the times when we have failed or perhaps things didn't want to go our way. As I heard one preacher say at one time that oftentimes we like to um, write our failures in the dust with our finger or write, I got that backwards how he said it, we like to write the things that God has done for us uh, and where we have overcome with, uh, with our finger in dust and then write the failures in marble. Or we like to take the things that are bad that happened to us and put them in bronze But then when God has kept His promise to us and has been with us, we try to write them in water. In other words, oftentimes we remember the things that we need to forget and we forget the things that we need to remember. And what I'm talking about is we need to forget about the failures but think about how we had the successes because through all the little problems that we faced in life, God has been with us. He has not abandoned us. He has been with us. And as we look back over history, and we thought it was the end of the world oftentimes, we see how we come through on the other side, and there's sunshine, and there's smiles, and there's happiness. Because as the text says, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, He will deliver me, to paraphrase, out of the hand of this Giant. But let's look at one final truth, and the lesson is yours. Prepare the best you can, and then prepare or depend upon God. Look at the text once again, the verses that I have up on the screen. David went into this battle with a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence. You can see it throughout all the verses here. Uh, verse 37, we've already read. He says, the, the, the Lord, same Lord that delivered me out of the paw, of the lion, and the bear, He was going to give me this victory this day. You see confidence in David's, uh, in, in what he's going to do. Where did that confidence come from? Well, it comes from three things we see here in the text. First of all, it comes from his training. Uh, there's something that's almost comical that happens next in the text. If you happen to see a video uh, picture of this, you would think this is almost funny because you picture David, uh, he's putting uh, all of Saul's armor on, and this thing is huge on him because Saul was bigger than most all the Israelites at that time. Um, he puts on this huge uh, suit of armor, and you can see David trying to clonk around the tent and how he probably stumbled and almost fall, and, he, and it looked so uh, funny on him, this little boy, if you will. And this man's armor, and I think maybe the reason why Saul put the armor on David, maybe it was to give him some extra protection, but I think maybe Saul wanted to take a little credit in what was about to happen. Like, yeah, he killed Goliath, but he was wearing my armor at the time. But that's not the point I want you to see. I want you to look at what it says in verse 39 and what David says. He says, I cannot go with these, talking about the armor of Saul. I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. Now, what was he saying there? He was saying, I've not been trained to use these. This is not my style of fighting, wearing all this armor. I have trained in a different way. And I have confidence in that training. And that's what I'm going to stick with. I'm not going to change now. I'm going to stick with what I know. Of course, the lesson there for us is that we too have had training. Training from the Scriptures. Training from life. Go on to the University of Hard Knocks. And we need to depend upon that training as we face our giants. But notice what else he uses. Not only does he have training, but he also has some tools he can use. In verse 40, we read about how that he had in his uh, bag a slingshot. King James just refers to it as his sling. Now, growing up, we understand that there were slingshots that we had, that basically you had a forked piece of wood with a rubber band and a pouch, and you pulled it back, and uh, you would throw a rock with that sling. Um, I also remember something called a wrist rocket when I was growing up that was a metal thing that had the same type of setup, but it was made to be able to deliver more force as you push the lever down on your wrist with a slingshot, and you could even shoot pellets and actually kill things with it, if you're a bird or a squirrel. But what David was using here was a different type of slingshot. It was a slingshot that basically was a leather pouch that had two leather thongs attached to it, and what David would do is he would put a stone in the middle of that pouch, and he would swing that over his head. Faster and faster until it made a whirling noise. And he had so practiced that he knew exactly when to release one side of those leather thongs and that rocket or that uh, bullet would fly out like a rocket and it would be able to even kill people. In fact, in the book of Judges, over in Judges chapter 20, we read about a story about some Benjamites that were left-handed. 700 men that were so skilled with this particular slingshot that the a writer of Judges describes these men as being able to see a hair and hit that hair with that slingshot. That's how accurate they were. It's like being able to hit a fly on the wall with a slingshot. They were deadly accurate with these slingshots. And so David says, I have some tools with me that I can use. I have something that, that, that I, can, I can defeat him. I don't need these other things. The text goes on and describes how he went out and got five smooth stones. The reason why he picked five smooth stones is because he didn't want any jagged edges on these stones because those jagged edges would cause wind resistance and slow these stones now. He wanted stones that looked like bullets that come out of guns today. He wanted them to be tapered on the end. He wanted them to be aerodynamic. So when he threw those stones, it'd be just like firing a gun. He was prepared because he has his tools. And folks, when we face giants today, we need to understand that the number one tool that we can carry with us, that will give us hope, that will give us ability to face our giants, is the Word of God, which is the sword of God. We need to make sure that we have it by our side. But not only did he have training, not only did he have tools, but the main thing he had was trust. Notice the contrast that begins in verse 41 between Goliath and David. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come unto me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. This giant of a man stood over this young boy and tried to intimidate him. He cursed him by his gods, which was a mistake, because now you've got gods involved, and you know who the prevailing god will be. But notice that Goliath could not believe that this impotent young boy was going to face him. And sometimes when we stand before a giant and we look at ourselves and we think about our abilities and we think about our training and we think about our tools and we think about, how in the world can I face this giant? Well, we look at the trust of David, we find out how. Because beginning at verse 45, imagine the scene before you, this giant of a man, this young boy, we find one of the greatest statements of faith that's ever recorded in Bible history. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not With the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you unto our hands. That phrase, verse 47, the battle is the Lord's. I appreciate so very much the good way that Jeremy picked out so many songs that are applied to our lesson today. And one of the songs that we sang was the battle belongs to the Lord. And that's what David is saying here. He says, when I face you, Goliath, it's not going to be me that's just facing you. But I'm going to have God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, the judge of all. He's going to be on my side. David was able to have the confidence that he needed, not only because of his training and his tools, but his trust in God Almighty. And folks, when you have giants before you and you're not sure how you're going to defeat them, we need to understand that regardless of what training we may have had, we, what tools we may have at our disposal, the number one thing that's going to help us defeat that giant is putting our trust and faith in God Almighty and His Son, Jesus Christ. Mike read for us a few moments ago from 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 that reminds us of this one thing, that faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. We need to understand that if we're going to face giants in our life, we prepare the best that we can, and then we depend upon God Almighty to help us win that battle because the battle belongs to the Lord. But now, as we close the lesson, look at verse 48. And it came to pass that the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and he took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. And the, that stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Folks, this dramatic victory teaches us that our victory is not dependent upon ourselves, but instead our victories are dependent upon our trust in God. This morning, the Lord's invitation is extended. Whether you need help fighting giants, or whether you need help fighting Satan, or whether you need to come this morning and put on Christ in baptism, we want to assist you in any way. We just hope that you'll come as together we stand and sing the invitation song.